Welcome to the More Than a Physique podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Jansen, online fitness coach, content creator, and competitive bodybuilder and powerlifter. In this podcast, we help you discover your inner athlete. Each episode will enhance your life as we provide you insights on all things health, fitness, and personal development. Now let's bring out your inner athlete. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the More Than a Physique podcast, where we discuss ways to ignite all areas of your life surrounding health, fitness, and becoming mentally elite. I'm your host, Kristen Jansen, certified strength and conditioning specialist, sports nutritionist, and a certified pre- and postnatal coach with the Natty Hour. Before we get into today's episode, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors, Legion and the Natty Hour. Legion is an evidence-based supplement company that takes pride in ensuring that all products are backed by peer-reviewed scientific literature and are dosed at clinically effective levels. If you've been following me long enough, you know that I'm not one to push something that I don't believe in, especially supplements. But the fact that Legion has gone to great lengths to ensure such quality products is the reason why I have partnered up with them. If you are interested in learning more, be sure to visit legionathletics.com. You will also receive 20% off your first order if you use my code Jansen, J-A-N-Z-E-N, at checkout. Further information and links are in the show notes. Also, a huge shout out to The Natty Hour, which is my online coaching business that I run with my husband, Kyle Jansen. We exist to serve the drug-free strength and fitness community, from those who embody the discipline and determination to pursue the highest level of competition naturally, to those looking to improve their overall health and lifestyle. Our athletes range from being elite bodybuilders to the new mom looking to prioritize her health amongst a hectic schedule. Be sure to visit thenattyhour.com to learn more. Thank you so much for supporting the More Than a Physique podcast. Be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode on your social media. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome to episode 82. In today's episode, we are going to talk about how the menstrual cycle as well as birth control impacts our health and fitness related goals. This past year has been a whole new level of learning when it comes to being a female. Who knew that after being a woman for 32 years that there was so little that I knew when it came to my body, hormones, and physiology. So what sparked this level of learning? I've actually been toying with the idea of going off birth control for the last couple of years now, and that's just been for multiple reasons, really, such as the back and forth information that birth control can hinder your strength and muscle growth in the gym, how being on birth control can suppress your hormones, cause fertility issues, and so on and so forth. It wasn't until earlier this year that I decided that it was finally time to dig a little bit deeper into these topics and decide for myself whether staying on birth control was right for me or not. In today's episode, we will be taking a step back in understanding our menstrual cycle, 
hormones and how things work. And then in part two, we will discuss the topics that I previously mentioned in regards to birth control and how you can look at making the decision for yourself if it's best to stay on birth control or not. It's actually shocking how many women, myself included at the time, don't know how things work. So let's go through the different phases that occur during the menstrual cycle and what is happening from a physiological standpoint. Typically, any menstrual cycle can last from 25 to 32 days. And this can vary where one month it's 26 days and the other months it's 32 days. Seeing more consistency though typically occurs as women get older. Day one is considered the first day of menstruation, which is the first day of bleeding. This starts the follicular phase, which is the first two weeks of the cycle. And this is where the follicle, which contains the egg developed, it's released on day 14 typically at the ovulation phase, which is at the midpoint of the cycle. The next phase at this point is called the luteal phase, which is when the egg is released in preparation for pregnancy. Providing pregnancy doesn't occur, we then enter into the fourth-ish week, at which point this is typically where PMS occurs, and then the cycle starts over again. So what is happening to our hormones during these different phases? During the follicular phase, progesterone starts off very low, whereas estrogen starts to come up during this phase very gradually. Then estrogen peaks during ovulation and then crashes down afterwards. At ovulation, there's a small spike in testosterone. Once we enter the luteal phase, this is when progesterone starts to increase and peaks typically during week three and then falls back down before the cycle starts over again. Estrogen will start to increase during the luteal phase and come back down as well, but not at the same degree as during the first two weeks. So what does all this mean? Why should we as females care about knowing this basic information of our hormones during our cycle? Well, it can help us not only understand what is happening during these different phases of our menstrual cycle, but as well to make the appropriate adjustments to our food, our training, and even our mindset. I'm sure at one point or another, you've seen some of the smack talk that estrogen has gotten and the hormone honestly gets an unnecessarily bad rap in the fitness industry. Most of the impacts from estrogen are actually quite positive. For instance, estrogen improves insulin sensitivity, which means that carbs are used more efficiently. It is an anti-inflammatory, it also helps control appetite and remodels skeletal muscle, so overall, the effects from estrogen are quite positive. In contrast, progesterone can cause some insulin resistance. It can also promote a small amount of muscle breakdown, and it can promote fat storage in the lower body. I know that sounds evil and horrible, but we must understand why is this happening? Progesterone increases during the second half of the cycle, where the first half of the cycle is where the egg is released and then if pregnancy does occur our body wants to store extra calories and fat to promote a safe and healthy pregnancy our bodies are actually very smart when it comes to hormone regulation this is another reason why during the luteal phase so week three and four we see an increase in our appetite and our cravings this is our body trying to promote increased calorie consumption to support pregnancy but what if we aren't trying to get pregnant? 
it's not like our body has an on and off switch where we can just tell our reproductive system to stop pumping out so much progesterone during the luteal phase. That would be nice, but unfortunately that's not the case. So what can we do then? Firstly, I think it's important to understand that each woman is extremely different. Some will notice a dip in their energy after week two. Others, it won't even phase them. Some women have a 25-day cycle and others have a 32-day cycle. Some women notice an insane increase in their appetite and cravings during week three, and others don't notice any change in their hunger cues at all. I think you know where I'm going with this. We're all extremely different. Therefore, the first thing we need to do is just take note of our own experience. What do you consistently notice during week one, week two, week three, and week four? Actually take the time to write down and take note of everything you experience when it comes to energy, hunger, mood swings, crampings, and craving changes. Once you have an idea of what you can typically expect, then we can look at strategies and adjustments that are best suited for our individual needs. Let's take some basic adjustments that are worth considering. Starting with our training, what adjustments can we make here? If we can expect a dip in our energy during the luteal phase, this may be a great time to implement a deload week. And we've talked about deload weeks before, so make sure you revisit my previous episodes where we've talked about that if you're not too sure what that is. But just a quick recap, a deload week is the act of reducing your overall intensity of your training for a week every so often, so that way you can promote recovery. And then during the follicular phase, the focus can shift to maximizing your training intensity and energy output. There's actually been studies that show that there is a significant strength response during the first two weeks of our cycle. That's not to say you shouldn't train the last two weeks of your cycle at all, but if you're going to prioritize your energy output, there's evidence to show that increased intensity is better optimized during those first two weeks. Now, in addition, week three or right after ovulation, it's been shown to be a decent week for some women as well. And the speculation here is that this is due to the increase in testosterone. So there's often an increase in strength and power output when this happens. This leaves typically week four as the ideal week to consider implementing that deload week. As has been shown that performance, mood, and strength are negatively impacted during this time. In addition, it's actually been shown as well that coordination issues increase during our PMS week. ACL injuries in women athletes are actually at their highest right after ovulation. So doing intense plyometric movements like box jumps during this time, ah, you know what, might not be the best idea. Personally though, my deload weeks are structured around week one versus week four. And this is simply because I find I don't get PMS symptoms negatively impacting my performance. Instead, day one to day three of menstruation are the worst that I feel during my cycle where my energy, mood, and cravings are at their worst. Therefore, structuring my deload during this week is essential. A lot of people will implement a deload week every four weeks, which doesn't always align with their menstrual cycles if they don't have a perfect 28-day cycle. Therefore, the deload weeks may be every four weeks one month, then every five weeks the following month, and then maybe every six weeks. Again, you wanna take note of your experience so you can determine what's gonna be best for you to implement a deload week. 
If you aren't deloading during a week, you consistently feel it is needed. This may be an important adjustment to make. The next adjustment we want to consider here is our mindset. Knowing that your training is not something you need to suffer through is extremely important. The mindset that you should be able to power through the workouts is something that a lot of women struggle with and they think that they need to do this. And I get it, ladies. You want to show up. You want to put in the work and not use your period as an excuse to take it easy or loosen the reins. In some women, they will go hard during that fourth week, where a deload week often isn't necessary. But for those who know their bodies and know that getting out of the fetal position is a battle during that time, allow yourself the flexibility to take that week easy if it is needed. Because this is something that is physiologically outside of your control, where it is not the time to try and power through. There's nothing wrong with you and your body. It doesn't show any signs of weakness when your body is going through this. Another mindset adjustment to consider is managing expectations of your scale weight fluctuations. During these different phases, clearly our body is seeing huge swings from a hormonal standpoint. There are hormonal changes occurring weekly where we can expect fluctuations in our water weight, inflammation, and even level of bloating, which of course is going to reflect unexpected changes on the scale. A lot of women get discouraged when they step on the scale and they see a number that they didn't expect to see. And again, I totally understand and relate to this, ladies. However, we must take a step back, try to be objective, and ask ourselves, why did the scale change the way that it did? When we can objectively analyze these things And in a way, look at ourselves as a science experiment, we can take the emotion out of that silly number and instead manage our expectations and get better in touch with our bodies. Overall, body weight is going to vary during our menstrual cycle. This is known information and again, physiologically outside of your control. For most, it seems that our weight will go up right before ovulation And this is due to the increase in estrogen, which causes sodium retention, leading to more water retention. We tend to then see a drop in week three, and this is due to the increase in progesterone, which helps with water balance. And then in week four, we see a drop in progesterone, which will again cause water retention. And therefore, we likely are gonna see another upwards scale weight fluctuation. Again, having this level of understanding allows us to manage expectations when we are weighing ourselves versus getting upset over something outside of our control. You did nothing wrong here. You don't need to starve yourself. You don't need to punish yourself with more exercise. Simply understanding where your body is at in your menstrual cycle can manage expectations and really just help with the overwhelm that comes with it. Now, let's talk about nutrition adjustments. Is there anything worth adjusting here? Even though we want to focus on mentally accepting the scale weight fluctuations, there are things we can do to try to mitigate bloating and water weight fluctuations that often occur during week four. During that time, when you know you are going to see unstable blood sugar, an increase in swelling and bloating, this may be a good time to consider increasing your potassium intake while reducing your sodium intake. 
This is going to help reduce water retention. What about those nasty cravings that often appear during week three and or sometimes week four? Should we be adjusting our calories for this or should we try to just generate some willpower and fight through these cravings? And the famous answer here, of course, is it depends. It depends on the person. Research shows that our metabolic rate increases during this time, meaning we do have some wiggle room to increase our calories, where if done correctly, the net difference of our energy balance during the first few weeks will roughly be the same with those last couple of weeks. Therefore, if we get cravings or experience an increase in appetite, we have that flexibility to increase how much we are eating to a certain degree during this time frame where it won't cause fat regain. Another scenario on the opposite end of the spectrum here is to simply take advantage of the temporary increased metabolic rate by actually fighting through those cravings and or increased appetite and driving a larger calorie deficit during this time frame. This, of course, is with the notion that fat loss is your primary goal right now. However, this is not always easy to do. And honestly, not something I recommend unless you are on a time crunch with your fat loss goals because you're trying to get ready for a photo shoot or a bodybuilding competition or something. Overall, these cravings and increase in your appetite that you are experiencing is completely normal from a physiological standpoint. So this kind of ties back into the mindset side of things. You don't need to try to suffer through those cravings and ignore them because quite often what happens is when we do ignore those cravings, we often want those items more. If we simply take the time and understand that we have the ability to increase the amount that we are consuming in a controlled matter, of course, during this time, we ultimately will be able to reduce those cravings by simply satisfying them. There's a chemical in our brain that always wants something that we can't have. So if we try to fight through those cravings, we often want those items more. And we only have so much willpower to go around during the day. And if we continue to fight that willpower, often at times it does promote binge eating. And that is the last thing that we want to happen. When in actuality, if we just take the time to consume the foods that we are craving in a controlled manner, you can satisfy those cravings within moderation and not have to worry about completely derailing your goals. There's nothing wrong with you, and if you need to take advantage of the calorie reserve during this time frame, there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, I think it can be very healthy and a strategic way to maintain adherence to your adjusted targets. Enjoy a treat and satisfy those cravings versus making them worse by restricting yourself to the point where you want those craved items even more. Understanding what physiological and hormonal changes are occurring during our cycle is imperative. It allows us to make the necessary adjustments so we can still achieve our health and fitness related goals in an efficient manner. So take the time to understand the changes your body is going through versus spinning your wheels each month thinking there's something wrong with you and your body when there actually isn't. That's going to conclude part one of this episode, but please stay tuned for part two of this podcast episode where we will be discussing birth control and how that is related to your health and fitness related goals. All right, team, that about wraps up this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, if you found it helpful as a thank you to me, please do me a huge favor and be sure to share this on your social media, maybe share it with your friends and family. And if you haven't already, 
please be sure to go leave this episode a review on iTunes. It really helps me out. It helps other people find the episode so we can ensure that we help more people just like this episode was able to help you. So thank you all. I look forward to chatting with you all again very soon. But until then, go out there, strive for more, be more, and ignite your inner athlete.